whole jack, jack beat steady knock, knock. Middle of the stage, got the whole club rocking. Nigga, you can hate, but your beat steady watch, watch. Bitch, you can't do it. We bottle popping, you cop blocking. Like, told the girl you rap, but your CD flopping. Say you getting money, man, we ain't seen nothing. No, your girl is persistent, she ain't stopping. Man, she say she wanna. I keep the perk by the pound. The trunk stay punkin', y'all know we run the town. And I keep a bad bitch around. Big bitch, long hair, yellow, white, red, brown. Girl, your favorite author Ebony Diamonds coming to you with another episode of Fuck Them Books with Ebony Diamonds. I am excited as always about today's show because I have Nikki Brown coming like to, to talk to me, and I'm just so excited because as you know, Nikki is very influential, she is very big in the industry, she has a great name, she has great books. She's just a great person. I'm really happy that she, you know, said, yes, Ebs, I'll come talk on your show because I swear to God, I absolutely love Nikki. So, yes, Miss Nikki Brown will be coming with us after I do a few little segments first. And you already know the one that's coming. What the fuck was Shay Jones? Now, I already know the question, but I would like to know the answer, honey. Because I know they got Shay fucked up when it comes to what the fuck that fool said in that goddamn paragraph. I really want to hear it. And I know y'all coming back to hear it. So, yes, what the fuck was Shay Jones is coming back. Um, now I do want to talk about this damn Teddy Riley and Babyface, but we're gonna get on that in that little other segment because I want to fuck Teddy Riley up. I swear to God, he fucked up life. But anywho, come back. We're gonna listen to some more Gorilla Zoe for a second. And um, oh shit, speaking of Gorilla Zoe, how many of y'all remember that song that I put on? Because I swear to God, when I say that song used to bang back when I was younger, bruh, it was banging. That's when I was a teenager, I believe. Shit, maybe I was older. Nope, I was a little bit older, but whatever. Anyway, all right, back to Gorilla And the shit that we wanted to hear, I'm about to play on here with your bloop, bloop, bloop music playing ass. Here we go.
Good evening, everybody. Welcome to tonight's segment of What the Fuck with Shay Jones. As usual, I'll be answering an anonymous question, and y'all know I waste no time jumping into it, so let's go. My girlfriend don't give head, and sometimes I get it from my baby mother or random bitches because she won't do the shit, but I don't fuck other girls. I don't even know if that's cheating since she she is acting like she don't want to. That shit her fault, basically. Bitch, nigga, wait, what? Let me read that again. My girlfriend don't give head and sometimes I get it from my baby mother or random bitches because she won't do the shit, but I don't fuck other girls. I don't even know if that's cheating since she's acting like she don't want to. That shit her fault, basically. Okay, so I don't know if this nigga is asking me, is he out of line? But nigga, you out of line. First of all, you wouldn't like it if she went, even if you gave her head, you wouldn't like it if she went and let another nigga eat her pussy because she don't like the way you do it. You'd flip your shit. Um, You wrong, first of all, to be getting head from your baby mother. Your baby mother's stupid for doing it, knowing that you got a girlfriend. Um, And I don't believe, I don't buy the whole thing of, oh, I don't fuck them. No, you, you, at some point when you get your dick wet, you gonna want to slip in something. But anyways, I don't agree with it. I think it's foul. I think it's wrong. And it's definitely cheating. That is 100% cheating. The minute that you put your lips on another woman is cheating, even before that. So it's like, uh, the things that you say to her that lead up to giving head and all this other shit. So you out of line, that's cheating. If you don't like the way your woman please you, be man enough to break up and go find somebody that can do that for you instead of sticking around. And I hope she getting her pussy ate, to be honest with you, because the shit you doing is foul. Anyways, I'm not even going to waste too much time on that because that that was just stupid. I don't agree with it at all. And like I said, yes, it is cheating. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in to my segment. What? the fuck on ebony diamonds podcast fuck them books y'all enjoy y'all evening Time with your eyes. It took me some time. 
I am from a small town called Mooresville in North Carolina, like um, 30, 30 minutes from Charlotte. Oh, I keep getting this North Carolina love. I mean, y'all mm. know I love North Carolina because of the food, man. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like, You're I mean, I don't know. I'm telling you, man, I swear to God, like, I take any opportunity to come to North Carolina so I can get something to eat. And I ain't talking about I know damn restaurant. I'm talking about out the kitchen. Because <laughs> that's where the food is, I swear to God. So I'm definitely going to have to come down there so I can get me some gravy and mashed potatoes. And I know y'all ain't using that box shit. Y'all probably mash y'all own shit, huh? Yeah, we make our own gravy. Okay, um, Gravy and the potatoes, right? Y'all boil the potatoes and you mash the motherfuckers up with yeah. the milk in. Oh, I already know, yep, honey. I'm surprised they got a box. Okay, I'm surprised that they even got a box of that shit on the fucking shelves anywhere. They'll probably be looking at that shit like, what the, who the fuck used that? <laughs> I know not y'all. So, are you from North Carolina? So, like, did you grow up, like, in a hood setting? I did. Well, so our projects are not like the projects that we write about, but I did grow up in the projects when I was younger. And, you know, oh, okay. I lived the whole hood princess kind of thing. You know, my daddy <laughs> wanted to do back then, all of that good stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Got it, had it popping also. So in that small time, like, so is that what give you, like, the inspiration to, like, you know, come out and write? Like, what inspired you originally? Well, I started writing because I always loved urban fiction, even when I was little. Like, I remember, like, I was 13, 14, stealing my mama's Black Expressions okay. uh, books when they came in the mail, like. So, like, I've always loved to read. Um, you know, I wrote poetry and all that stuff when I was younger, and I've always loved to read. So, like, I just, I don't know. I would read them, and then I'd be like, I wonder what it would be like if I, you know, if I wrote it and I told it this way or I did it this way, and that's kind of how I started. And okay, I just so always you, loved urban fiction. Right, and this is something about it. Like, and that's what something mm-hmm. that really just gets to me is when – um, we will be considered sometimes not respected as a genre. And that kind of throws me because, honestly, a lot of the best books I have ever read have been in the urban fiction genre, the hood, you know, street lit, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Like, that's where that's some true. of the best books come from. Like, and, you mm-hmm. know, I always talk about people being able to relate, you know what I mean, to, like, what you read. Some people look at it for the entertainment of it. Some people look at it like, damn, I've been through that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, damn, that don't happen to me or somebody I know. And so is that 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 gives you that life, don't it? Like, you just know it somebody does. just feeling this shit. Like, <laughs> it does. Like, I love, I love when a reader will come and be like, oh my god, this book, you know, is my life. Like, I can't believe like like you told exactly what I went through. Like, I love that. Um, I love making my books relatable. I try to make them relatable. I try not to do the whole far fetched thing. Like, I want to make them as down-to-earth as possible because I want people, you know, because we write to to be people's escape from real life, yeah. from what they're going through. So, like, I love to make my books relatable. I try mm-hmm. to do that the best I can. And that's definitely the best way to do it, honestly, because, and I guess I say it a lot because I'm sorry, I don't relate to nobody that looks like Fabio. You know what I'm saying? So if you write a book, <laughs> you write a book, hey, oh, he had long, flowing, golden locks. Bitch, what? What are you talking about? And they're not talking about dreadlocks. We talk about locks of hair and shit. What the fuck? 
Like, we don't relate. You know, a lot of us can't. Some people did no. grow up in that setting, you know, with more Caucasian, you know, white people or whatever, yeah. so they can relate to that. No, not over here. So it's like you got to yeah. write for that audience. So it's like you feel like you found your audience. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because, like, like, and I always tell my authors that are under me, I always tell them, like, you have to know who you're writing for. So mm-hmm. the women that I'm writing for are, you know, 20s to late 40s. The majority of them, you know, they've been through stuff. They felt the struggle. So that's what I write for. That's who I write for. Because, um, I, like I said, I always say know your audience. So, yeah, I've found my audience, I feel like. I've got um, some amazing people that follow me, that support me, support everything I do, even if I am do something crazy and they're like, what the fuck is she doing? But you know, they're you know still there for me. Look, the people, yeah. <laughs> the people that know, they know. <laughs> right. And that's just, excuse me, y'all know I'm smoking on here, so don't even act like y'all don't know. Ain't no, <laughs> no, but seriously. So, like, when you, um, when you, like, sit down, you started from a blank page to mm-hmm. 43 books. So mm-hmm. it's like when you sit and you, you know, you in front of that blank page. What's the first thing running through your mind? When I first start a story, like believe it or not, like the first thing I think about is how I'm gonna end it. That's like, your first though. Like you gonna go to the like you gotta. Is it like you're thinking of what's the point of this story? Yes. So it's like. Or, yeah, what's my point, and then what's my end game? What, maybe my end game is not the very first thing I think about. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about my characters and stuff like that already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely like, okay, well, what's the point of this, and where am I going with it? So I need to know that before I can even start to build up to that point. Because if I don't know where I'm going with it, it's just going to be a bunch of words. A bunch of just nonsense, just all over the damn thing with no no direction at all. And actually, let's pinpoint that. Uh, new authors, this is a veteran author, Nikki Brown. She's telling you, sit down, think about what you're going to do, think about what you're going to write. Have that, that, that freeway in your mind that's constantly flowing back and forth with thoughts. Those thoughts are the vehicles. Carry that shit. Let them get yeah. to point A to point B. And that is very important because if you sit down, you can't just – you know, some of us can free write. Like, um, like they are free writers. I'm a free writer, and that's sometimes why I fuck up half the I'm time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I fuck up sometimes. So, <laughs> I do free write, but if you're going to free write, know what the fuck you're writing. Like, just don't pop up and be like, oh shit. Like, oh, I don't did it. No, you gotta say, okay, if I'm a free write, this let me put this story in my soul real quick so I can go back in there and tap into it later. And that's what a lot of us, you know, we do. And it's it's been a really good thing. Like, if that's your style of writing, and I know some people, and I'm sure you do too, Nikki, you know some people who outline, right? Yes, I cannot outline. Um, I've done it. <laughs> I've tried to outline. But my thing is, it's just a waste of time for me. Take me a day and a half to outline a whole book. And then by Chapter 3, I done turned the story all the way over, and I'm going in a whole yes! new direction. So yes, I don't outline. I definitely free write, but even when I free write, I still have my, like, I, I always, I don't outline my plot, but I got these big whiteboards all over my office. So on one, on one of my whiteboards is the main, the plot of the story, like my main plot. 
of the story, and then I'll put like the little maybe like the small plots that I'm I'm made I'm thinking about using, and then mm-hmm. I have my ending, how I want it to end, and then I free write from there. Everything else is just straight that's off that's my head. Yeah. I like that idea. I never even thought to do that. See, yeah. <laughs> I need an office. I'm still living in a little shit box, so. I need, it's like, I live in a little tiny place, so it's like I still need that space <laughs> to be able to, you know, get the, uh, you know, office and stuff like that. But y'all know in these times and living up here, honey, it's expensive. So still got to stack the coins for that. But I'm looking forward to that. And I actually might take you up on that idea, like putting the boards up from here to here. That's, that's actually pretty good. I ain't trying to steal your flow. <laughs> no, you're good. Like even if you even if you do it in like because before we moved into this house, I because I, I, I my office is the formal dining room and I just put okay. all my stuff in here. <laughs> but um, like before we moved in here, we didn't have that, so I had my board set up in the kitchen. Like and my boards were just on the wall in the kitchen because that's why I wrote. Okay. So. <laughs> well, she said you can set it up, set it up any goddamn way. No excuses. Anywhere. <laughs> You set it up in your bedroom, set it up in the living room, whatever. I promise you, but you know, my only thing, I can actually see my kids erasing and writing and drawing on that shit. Look, you you must look at yours and be like, y'all already know not to touch mine. (laughs) Yeah. Kimley knows which board she can touch because she knows she touched the wrong board and they pop, pop's coming. Okay, so cute. You know, I just love her. I swear to God, whenever you bring her to them events, honey, she literally lights up <laughs> the whole damn thing. Everybody's well, just, oh, my God. <laughs> she's bad, so she is. She's so cute. She's adorable. Mm-hmm. But, no, okay, so um, speaking of writing, like, so what would you consider to be, like, your, I don't want to say best book. Like, if you bias like me, you love all of your books. But what mm-hmm. is that one book? that you just could never, like, you never wanted to let go. You know what I mean? Like, you just wanted to keep writing and writing and writing, but you had to let it go. I always have to say he brings out the hood in me, and this is why. So when I started this book, I was in the middle of a different series, and, like, I had the worst writer's block. Like, I've had, like, small spurts of writer's block every now and then, um, but for the for the most part, like, I'm pretty okay with, like, you know, getting through a story, but like I had the worst writer's block, and like I like it was like borderline depressive for me because like I'm like depressing for me because I'm like I need to write, I need to get this out, I, need, I gotta write, I gotta write. They're looking for books, they're looking for books. You know, the pressure was on, and then it's like okay, just chill out, Nikki. I opened up a blank piece of paper and I literally started writing, just writing. And when I looked up, I had 15k. In Damn. just a few hours of of the whole first part of He Brings Out the Hood in Me. And I literally wrote that book in seven days. 60K of words in seven what? days. That's how, that's how that book flowed for me. Seven days. And like, I was just so connected with that book. Um, the rest of them didn't go that way. Like, the words... <laughs> Low, but it didn't. I couldn't write him that quick. But he brings out the hint of me was like special yeah, to you. That was yeah. That one will always be special to me. Always. That's what. So what was it about? I mean, like you know, like a short, you know, summary, if you will, so we can get some people to go and click that. Everybody's favorite family. That was the the beginning of the Mailer family saga. Um, 
It's about three brothers. You got Kalino, you got Cassidy, and you got A.B., Adore. His name is Adore. We call him A.B. Um, they ran a uh, drug empire from their family farm. Like they were real country. Um, they rode four-wheelers, you know what I mean? They chopping up meat in the in the barn up front. What? Bagging up coke in the in the part in the back, like oh girl, you know, big old death rose. Yeah, <laughs> and they were just um, I don't know. And then like the love connections, like they were so real and so pure. Like I didn't, it, it wasn't like forced. It everything like all the words flowed like just natural, and I think that's why I connected with it so much and. Um, that was also my first full book writing in third person. Um, and I don't know if maybe that's why I connected with it so much. Like, But that was my first. Like, I wrote Hood Witches in third person, but that was a novella. This was my first full novel in third person, and I absolutely loved it. Did you like writing in third person better? I cannot do it. I, I tried, man. I just kept falling in the first. <laughs> I do. Third is my favorite to write in because I feel like I can get more done. Um, yeah, with the mailing series, there's a lot of characters. And if, if there's a lot of characters, then you get to mesh all of those characters together at the same time and you get to know, like, who's feeling what and, you know, who's reacting to what without having to change POVs. So that's what I like about it. And then you get, like, that's real... Cool intimate with the with the feelings. So that's what I No, like. I definitely can understand that because reading from people, um, let's see, who was a few people? Did Zane write third or first? I think she switched it up a few times, but it was a few people like Wahida. Um, they, you know, she switched up hers, you know, from first and third a few times. And I, I can honestly say, yes, I have to agree. <laughs> you do seem to get more information out, you know what I mean, more emotions. Yeah. You know, because you have, like, say if, you know, you talking to this person, they arguing, you're only getting this other person's side, but then in the, the third, you, I mean, the first person point, you will only say they look upset. You know what I mean? That's not like right. you can give them exactly what the other character is giving without having to go into their point of view. So, yes, I will have to completely under, uh, agree <laughs> with that. I just right. can't do it, Nikki. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. I love it. But, like, and I'm my the book that's coming after part three of He's So Hood, I'm actually switching back to first person. So, like, I'm trying to get my mind wrapped around writing this book in first. <laughs> okay. So, so you we'll had a see. new book. Yeah, tell them about that. You had a new book come out. So, He's So Hood. Yes, the finale of He's So Hood, which is another book in the Mailer Family series. Um, it will be out this, next week. Um, and then I'll have another book come out mid to end of May. Okay, uh, not playing with the word. No, so I we- have to, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, of course not. And you know what? I was just about to say. So I want to go into a different section of it because um, I know a lot of us are just getting back to, you know, dropping consistently and, you know, dropping new books and stuff like that. So you had 43 books, like, published mm-hmm. on Amazon. Correct. Okay. And so um, I know we talked a little bit. I said I know you said you condensed a few of them. So why did you have mm-hmm. to condense? Like, what happened? Why did you have to put your books out there? Well, when the situation with 
said publisher and said publisher's wife happened, um, you know, all of our books were taken down. And it was like, okay, well, you can put your books back up, but then we had to have new titles and new covers and, and all of that. And then, like, once you get to thinking about it and, like, counting up the money of trying to get those books back up, it's like, okay, hold up, wait. Um I don't know if we can do this right now. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to put my part one, two, and three in one book because it was easier and um, more cost-efficient for me to just put them all in one book, and it was easier to keep up with. And it it actually paid off, to be honest. Um, (laughs) People love a good (laughs) standalone. I can believe it. They love them standalones. And when you throw all three of them fire-ass books you be writing together, Honey, that's a nonstop journey. They get to keep right. swiping and swiping. They ain't got to wait. <laughs> right. I know they loving that. So with that situation, like, that affected you. It's so crazy. So many people were affected, not just, like, the main company. And you know um, me, I was signed under what you would call that, that you know, first company. So yeah. I was under that company. But, you know, we were affected first. And then, I mean, everybody was just as shocked that you all were affected as well. That just seems unfair. You know what I mean? Like, damn, the, when the ball started rolling down the hill, it didn't stop. It did, and I, and I felt like I I really felt like it was unfair. I didn't really understand how, um, you know, he said publisher like he made a mistake. Um, and well, I'm I'm lying. <laughs> Let me take it back. I'm stop being nice. <laughs> He fucked up is what he did. Okay. Okay. Dude fucked up big time. Um, yep. And then it trickled down and it affected a lot of us. Like, and then like everybody, you know, everybody know me. I'm happy. Will I'm helping everybody. I'm cool. I'm chill. I write my books. I'm on my business. Man, when that happened, it brought out the worst in me. It's bringing. It brought out the worst in a lot of people. But like. I don't think I've ever hated somebody that I've never that I didn't know because I don't know that. Right. All you know is the persona that they put on Facebook, which is a goddamn lie. But mm-hmm. like, how do you hate somebody that much if you don't know them? Right. Like I hate. You know, I'm I'm just now getting to the point where I can see their name or hear their name and not get pissed off all over again. Right. Um, but like it really, really affected me personally because it was like, How do you take everything that I have and now it's mm-hmm. just gone? Mm-hmm. Like that's how I feed my family, like that's my you know, that's that's my legacy, like that's that's my creative, that's my work, that's you know, I sat down hours and you know, writer's block, headache, sleepless that's nights. Thing to get all of that stuff out, and then it's just gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't even give a so, fuck. That was the sad part. It was just, yeah. like, for that to happen. So that affected you as a writer. Like, were you able yeah. to even put anything out? Like, Nope. When it happened in November, I put out a, um, a stand a novella, a Christmas novella, with my team, because I don't know if you know, like, at that time, like, I was just getting my company off the ground. So it was just like, Damn. you know, like, it was kind of like my world crashed around me, and but it was like, okay, but you got these people 
that trusted you with their career, so they're depending on you to get it together. So, like, you know, you have to put on that brave face. You have to be like, you know, it's not affecting me. It's not affecting me. When in reality, like, it's destroying you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad so, to like, see that yeah. you still got your company popping, man. Like, when I see your authors, you know, when you put the covers up, I'm like, yes, man, you better go, y'all. Like, go, Nikki. Go mm-hmm. her authors. Like, just keep going. I love it. Like, you you came, you know, you jumped up with this thing. Like, no, nah, this shit ain't about to go down like this. Mm-mm. No, and then I got some talented, 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 talented people on my team. Like, they are so talented. Some came from other companies. Um, some are brand spanking new. Um, like, definitely go out, buy one of their books. Like, you won't be disappointed. Like, they're dope. Um, oh, what you give them some yeah. names? Let's get some, let's hear some of these authors. Um, oh gosh, I'm sorry, I didn't so, mean to so, put you the spot. I'm like that too. I can't. That. As soon as you get a question, boop. Oh shit. No, so we got um, you know, Kelsey Blue. She is a brand new author. Um, her first book was Love Me Easy. It was a feel good romance. She's written oh, um. Of quite a few books since then. She's really dope. Um, you got um, J.D. Barnes is in there. I got A.L. Tate. Um, Tanise Amber? is with me. Oh, Amber. I Amber. Amber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's okay. so dope. Um, she's real dope. And then um, I got Shy. I got um, T. Wrights is in there. She's, she's dope. I got um, um, Mireille's book. We're waiting on her book to go live right now. Oh, um, yes, release day. Happy release day. Yes, release day. <laughs> then I got um, Miss Whitney Williams is new with me. Uh, Kamisha Shireen, she's new with me. Um, Tanise, I think I said Tanise. Um, you is? got a Virginia Yeah, we got our, um, our Codson. He just released an erotica. Um, Randy, yes, absolutely. You know what? We're going to stop for a quick second, Randy. I want to shout him out. Randy has been pushing his books since I started writing. He is one of the people um, who has been consistent, who has never stopped, who has constantly put their books out for years in this industry. Mm -hmm. Go check them out. Definitely, I'm telling y'all, when I tell you, it's plenty of people I remember from when I very very first started writing who still going strong in this shit. Give them a chance. I promise you, you will not regret it. All right, go ahead, Nick. <laughs> um, Dream, um, Amrel. I think I'm saying her name right. I feel like I'm butchering it, but um, Dream. Um, Nita, she um, just started with me. Um, she's dope. She's got a new book out. Um, trying to make sure I'm not leaving it. Uh, Rain Lee, she's brand new. Um, she has a three-part series out called Cost of Loving You. It's a romance a series. Um, series. Yeah, that's her very first series, and she's, she's oh, really dope. Yep, her first series. Um, uh, Macoya, uh, she goes by Rain. Um, sorry, Queen Ray. She's also a oh, very I'm seeing her new. Cover. Yep, didn't I see her cover? New. Didn't you drop a cover for her? I did. Yep. She's okay. Brand yep. New. I remember her name. And um, Takara. Okay. Takara is brand new, and her her books are dope. The readers love them. So, yep. Oh, that's all. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, look, it's, 
Look, I know I did kind of put you on the spot, tell you to listen a whole many. I didn't know though. I didn't know you had the whole lineup, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got you had the whole whole name. thing. <laughs> yeah, and they they live, they work and they tails off. You know, they listen. Um, you know, if I give them feedback, they're ready to they're ready to learn, ready to work. Ain't nobody saying you know I know what I'm doing. Like that's no, important. they're ready to learn. And I I give them everything that I got, everything that I know, everything that Casey taught me. I'm teaching them. Um, we got a new, we got a group project coming up that Nikki Brown presents memoirs. So be sure okay. to check those out too. Yeah, Let's go. Nikki is Nikki Brown mm-hmm. got her own company. Any new authors? Are you taking on new authors? Like a, more now? Not. Um. Yeah. Just a few. No, I'm actually going to open back up submissions and probably around July because right now I really okay. just want to build on who we got right now. That is so, you know what, oh, my God, thank you. That is so important. And, y'all, I'm so glad she just said that, and y'all already know the fuck why, okay? It is important that you know your author. It is important mm-hmm. that you know your author's writer's strengths, weaknesses. You've got to know what your authors are writing. Mm-hmm. It's important that you know your author's goals. It is so fucking important, and it's not important to just collect a bunch of bodies, okay? Nope. It, you cannot just collect bodies, y'all. If you start a new company or whatever, do not just collect bodies because those same bodies nope. will be carcasses laying on the side of the fucking road if you stood in long, <laughs> okay? Am I lying? But also, no, you are not lying, but also... <laughs> I wanted just to add a little bit into that for people that are just starting companies, um, who are starting new companies, who are thinking about starting companies. Granted, yes, you know, be careful who you sign. But there's also people out there that who will fake it until they make it. So mm-hmm. you, when you get a submission, when you get a submission, you know, you only get that first three to five um, chapters. So you read that, and that could be the best work they ever put down. But then when you get the rest of because I don't know about any other publisher, what I do is I pay for manuscript reviews. So I get my author's manuscript um, analyzed before they even go to editing. So when I get that analysis back, and I read through the analysis, and it's like, oh, the beginning of the book was amazing, but I don't know what happened to the end. It kind of went. So then at that point, it's time for me to sit down, read that book, and be like, okay. So this is what we got, and then we have a conversation about it. Yes. Um, so real purpose, like, yeah, you have to be careful with that because people, like I said, people will fake it until they make it, or, you know, maybe somebody helped them with the first part of their book, um, and then, mm-hmm. they get to the, you know, the last part of the book they had to write themselves, and it's like two different people wrote the book. So you have to be careful. You have to, you have to know, like you said, know who you're signing, know what they're putting out, Know what their strengths are. Like, if you know you got somebody that can write the hell out of a paranormal book, don't, you know what I mean? If they're not ready, don't force them to write a romance book because it's not her. Yes! Granted, Damn. don't put them in a box. Yeah, don't don't do put that. them in a box, but do it. also, like, know their strengths. No, that's definitely like no. You de- that you definitely telling the truth because when you get caught into a box and you know what the hell I'm talking about, I'm sure a lot of authors mm-hmm. that's gonna listen to this know what the fuck I'm talking about. When you get put into a box, it is so hard to fucking break out of it because you, mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier, matter of fact, you don't gain a certain audience. 
So it's like they are used to you writing this particular thing, and when you jump yep. into some other shit, they ain't gonna understand it. They, they nope. not gonna. They might not fuck with it. Some people fuck with you the long way and gonna read what you write regardless. But some people want to yeah. write what they fell in love with about you. Exactly. So, so and I actually have a uh, little testimony about that. Um, I released the series The Heart of a Hood King. So everybody knows me, my endings. You know, you're gonna get a happy ending. You know, I'm gonna take the characters through hell. You know, they're gonna go down to hell. They're gonna burn up. They're gonna come back and they're gonna <laughs> be fine. So you know, I'm gonna take them through. But you know, at the end. You're going to get your happy ending. Well, Heart of a Hood King, I didn't do that so much. Um, mm-hmm. They got the happy ending, but the happy ending wasn't together. And, ooh, they didn't like that. I, I actually felt like liked that. I, I didn't want to be put in a box. I didn't want to be put in that you have to write a happy ending in every single book. I didn't want to do that. Like, I wanted to write the book how I wanted to write it, and that's what I did. Why? So, how you felt that, it? Right. Well, some people didn't like that. <laughs> So it's not fair because it's like, why can't you write what you felt that book should be? And it's like, that's what makes us sometimes stay stuck on what we write in. But what I say is, hats the fuck off. You wrote what you wanted to write. I'm sorry if you didn't like it. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, this is how I felt this story should go. Right. So I, I love it. I love that. It's like you can't even be apologetic about it. You know what I mean? Because it's like that's how you – and you oh, love the ending. You love the ending. I didn't. did. Like, I love the ending. Like, I even went back and read it. Like, I read a couple of the reviews. And, like, one of the ladies <laughs> were like, why would you even write a book about two people and they ain't going to end up together? And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, okay, well, let me take a step back. So I went back. You know, I read the book. And I was like, damn, girl, you wrote the hell out of this book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, this was a good book. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, if it was me as a reader and it was another, like, I've read books where um, the people get to back together at the end, and I was like, why the hell they do that? Like, that, that wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? And right. even though, like, it's, it's that person's creative, it's that person's work, it's that person's thoughts. So that's the way they wanted it to go. So, you know, I have to respect their creative. Especially right. if the book was written good, like, then what's that to complain about? But. Yeah, it was the problem. Like, what's the issue? It's just because it's, it's like they, they didn't end the way they wanted it to end. You know what I'm right. saying? And why have a predictable ending? You know what I mean? Why have it so easily predict? Don't you want a surprise? Don't you want to say, oh, my God, I did not see that shit coming? Like, or you want to say, right. I knew it. <laughs> Like you gotta you gotta switch it up sometimes. Like and honestly, think about it for real, Nikki. Think about it. When you try to write that same thing over, it gets boring for us to write it. Mm-hmm. You want to write something mm-hmm. new, something more interesting to you. Like you and, and okay, here goes something else to y'all. Also, um, you gotta feed your own creativity because mm-hmm. like if you don't feed your own creativity you're going to be stuck i promise you and that's when the real writers block come into play because you literally going to be feeling like you just wrote that fucking book just with different characters names yeah like you and you I, really got to feed your fucking creativity switch it the fuck up like i know the formula was working we all know the formula works you know what mm-hmm. i mean but like let's switch it up a little bit let's try something else like i was so happy when you came out with hood witches like I fucking yeah. love that. Like you know what I mean. Like it's it's like yeah. that's 
you know, like, let's, you know what I mean? Like, let's do some other shit. Like, we got talent. Our talent is not limited to one thing. One certain way of writing, it's not limited to one ending, y'all. Give us a break. Like, you got to understand, we are artists. You know, and um, I love doing that. Like I, I love going against the grain. Um, my husband always say, "You just like pissing people off," <laughs> but in a good way, right? And I do, but in a good way. Like, cause I feel like, and I tell my authors this too. Like, when it comes down to it, like your book sales, pretty, it's based on a conversation. So if mm-hmm. something that I done in that book causes somebody to say, oh, my God, Nikki, I can't believe you did this, right, right, right. right. Three people going to say, what book are you talking about? I need to yeah. read that. So then they're going to yeah. do it, and then they're going to make a post, and they're going to say, oh, you the hell out of this book. And then four more people going to go on there. What book are you talking about? Like, because it, it's all a conversation. So if I can do something in a book to make somebody else say, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that, rah, 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 and going to, you know, start the conversation, then I'm winning. So even though you didn't like the end of the book, I'm still winning because it's a conversation. So. See, and it's a word of mouth. And that you're absolutely right because when somebody, if you look at Facebook all day, you know what I'm saying, you see that shit all day. If somebody, one person mm-hmm. say something, and let's just, you know, pick any subject, like something that just happened, girl. Like let's say Boosie. Y'all seen what Boosie did. It'll be 200 motherfucking comments under there. What do you do? Send me the link. Send me the link. Send me this. Send me that. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's all like this word of mouth thing. Like, as soon as something happens, like, everybody wants to know about it. So it's like, right. regardless if, you know, you meant to post it to hurt me or not, you might be helping. Some right. people might appreciate a different view on fucking literature. You know what I'm saying? Like, endings and, and you know, middles and fucking beginnings. Like, the shit is always going to be different, and that's why I tip my hat to you. Like, yeah, write what the fuck you want to write. Write what you want. They understand. <laughs> yep. I tell my writer, my Arthur said too, like, you you got to write from the heart. I mean, granted, like, you know, with this industry, you, you do have to give them what they want to a certain degree. Yeah, because because like I said, you got to know your audience. You know who you write for. You know you know what they want, what they like to read. But you also have to write for you. Um, and if you like, if you just write for what they want, they're gonna re- notice that in your writing, and then they're not gonna like that either. So yep. you have to write for you, but you also mm-hmm. have to know your audience. Like it's a lot of stuff that we gotta keep in mind as we're writing stories, and I don't think people understand that. Because it is just a lot of stuff that you have to think about. Like, you have to be conscious about to write, uh, you know, something that's going to hit the bestsellers chart. Like, you just mm-hmm. got like this. You do. And that's the crazy. You know, that's that actually goes right back into what we're saying. What the hell works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's still like a formula. Either way. <laughs> but it's like, but that's why I, I feel like if we slowly start to ease in, you know, new type of shit and different shit, and then maybe they'll still see that it's the same talent. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the same person's writing the book. And it just becomes very hard. And, like, like you know how you start writing something, something else pop in your head. Oh, my God, I want to write this now. I want to write that now. Yep. You know what I mean? It's just so much different stuff that we can write. And I just really, you know, I appreciate a lot of people who, 
who take the time, you know what I'm saying, to say, hey, let me just go ahead and give it a shot, even if it's not something that I'm used to doing. Because it's like even when I uh, I wrote an erotica book, right, and it wasn't hood, girl, you know. <laughs> that shit, it was just, you know what I mean? I like writing hood books, honestly. But it's like I wrote that, it wasn't hood and shit like that. But it's like I had an audience for that. They liked it, you know what I mean? But I never wrote another one, you know, like a straight up, you know, contemporary right. erotica book. I didn't even feel comfortable writing the shit, you know what I'm saying? But I still wrote it, and it was good to me, but it just wasn't, you know, what I was interested in. But like I said, some other audience might be interested in that shit, and they were. It's so, you know, and shit like that. But it's like you said, you have to know that audience. You got to know who the mm-hmm. fuck you writing for. Like, what the fuck mm-hmm. do they want? And it is important to know what they want. But it's also, like I said, important to feed your fucking creativity as well because that will stifle your creative growth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to continually oh, yeah. write the same things over and over again, it really will. So okay, so you working right. on the next move? You working on this new thing? So like, uh, is this like what you envision doing like forever writing books, or is there anything else? You know what I mean that you want to put in lieu of that? Like, um, I've always. Like, I love writing books. Like, I do. Like, I've been doing it for four years now. Like, I, just, I absolutely love it. Um, I love helping people. I love, love, I love to help people. I love to see people grow. I genuinely like to see other people win. Like, I'm not one of those, oh, you can win, but you just can't win if you win more than I am. I'm not that. Mm. Like, genuinely, I love to see people win. So that's why I started the publication company, because I want to help people. want to see other people win. Um, that, and then, you know, like, I want, I, I do, I want to see my books on the big screen. I want to see them played out. And, but I want to do all, I want to do all of that. But, like, I do feel like that I'm going to write forever. You're going to write forever? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's like you can't <laughs> see yourself doing nothing else, right? No, like, I'm going to write, whether it's novels, whether it's screenplays. Exactly. It's, I'm going to be writing <laughs> something. That's what I mean, like, and that's how you know when motherfuckers really serious about that writing life, for real, because it's like you just don't feel complete. And, you know, I've actually read, like, people, um, I have a group called um, Black Poets and Authors. It's over, like, 3,000 people in there right now. And I started a group for poetry, and what I would see, um, a lot of authors come in there, you know, and stuff and drop the link. So I said, all right, let me change it to Black Poets and Authors. And I actually seen this one post that had me thinking so hard, man. Um, the, the guy said, he said, if nobody, um, what did he say? If you've never sold the book, would you continue to write? Yeah. And a lot of people were in the comments, no, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. You know what I mean? But if it's something that you love, you know what I mean? Would you keep doing it? Regardless of the results, if you just love to do it and it genuinely loves you, you know, like you love it like that. Like, would you, Nikki, I'm asking. Yes. Like, you I was writing, writing before it ever made me any money. Hello, goodbye. <laughs> and that's, 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 like, that's the answer. Literally, I've, I've been doing this since I was young. Like, I might have not have been writing full-length um, urban novels. But right. Like, um, you know, I wrote, like, short stories that got published yes. in, the, in the local yeah, newspaper. <laughs> Like, yeah, the song full of poems, like, you know what I mean? Like, okay. I've always been creative in that way. Um, that's something that, you know, 
Like, even after all of this stuff happened, like, and everybody was like, oh, I'm not writing no more, and I'm done, and all of this stuff, I took my laptop, and I swung it across the little autumn, and I was like, I ain't writing no more. Two seconds later, I picked that laptop back up, and I was like, the hell? I'm telling you. <laughs> Let me get my I'm just saying. Because when, when you know, you know, I swear to God, like, when yeah. it's in you, that shit is fucking in you. And that's why I always say, you know, and I think about the events, right? Um, when we go, you know, we all hang out at the events. You know what I mean? Like, we have drinks, we party and shit like that together, you know, for the book events. And I always just look around. You know what I mean? We all different authors. We all from different places. We all have different writing styles, but we all have this one goal in mind. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. just to be fucking great. You know what I mean? To get read, to have people just read our fucking work. And that always gives me, like, a sense of, you know, like, it, it makes me happy. You know what I mean? To see so many of us yeah. with the same, you know, mental. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's Nikki. Oh, that's Ebony. Oh, that's Bianca. Oh, that's, you know what I mean? The readers are so excited yeah. to see us. And they just, like, that just feels so good. And I just look around the table yeah. like, damn, look at, the, look at all these people. Look at us. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that always makes me feel so good and to hear that answer that's exactly the answer that I expected from an author like you you know what I mean like I'm going to keep writing regardless because that's some shit I love to do like that's fucking refreshing because some people really in this shit only you know the money is good yes let's not act like it ain't (laughs) but that should never honestly be the only reason that you're writing you know what I'm saying like I I don't think so you write for money you can tell like, you, you can tell the people they're right for money. Ooh, child. You can tell the difference. Child, I ain't about to even talk about that. Because. <laughs> you can tell the difference. <laughs> when I say you can tell the difference, honey, you can tell the difference. It's like mm-hmm. you're just throwing anything together. It's just to fucking throw it mm-hmm. out there. But you can tell when somebody put their motherfucking whole soul into what the fuck you just read. You can definitely tell that mm-hmm. shit. So let's see. Speaking of events, damn, we ain't gonna be able to go to no events this year, huh? I know. I was hoping. Yeah. I don't know because I haven't heard anything about Atlanta yet. I've already got my table for Atlanta, so I'm freaking that outside open back up before the end. <laughs> no, right? Because we were um, discussing. And yes, look, I'm gonna say it. We was talking about the Vegas or South Beach, whichever one, mm-hmm. for this whole author retreat. <laughs> Yes. I'm ready to fly. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm ready to fly. So I definitely need to I'm get flew to a couple places. I'm telling you, I'm going to keep saying that on this fucking podcast and to the other authors that we bang with, hear this shit. <laughs> and be like, yeah. oh, shit, that do sound kind of dope. I'm telling you, because that would be so good. And imagine a lot of us was working at home anyway. So we stuck in this quarantine, but except we have to, you know, it's like summertime all all day, every day now. Because the kids here, we trying to write, we trying to get our work done, and we deserve this goddamn vacation. Yeah. <laughs> home school trying to take me out. You said it's trying to take me out. Yeah, home I can't deal, I swear to God. And it's like, of course, they done broke the uh, one of the damn computers, so I had to get computers from the school and shit. They done fucked up the tablets. I said, that's not going to stop y'all from not doing this work. Y'all not understanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And then it's going to fall back anyway. And I'm one of those parents that buy the teacher's gifts, but, you know, I do the little $25 gift card, maybe a $10 bear. Like, no more. Like, these teachers agree to get good gifts from now on because I <laughs> see what they go through. 
You said you were gonna deliver to yourself. Shit. I'm just saying. Well, that's a good thing, though. I don't know too too many people who do that, but I will say around like Christmas time and stuff like that, you do see that jumping a lot. When I used to be a mail courier, that was my favorite time. Because as soon as you open that mm-hmm. mailbox, they got the girl. You be giving it to the. I know you mm-hmm. do. You be giving the mailman gift <laughs> for Christmas. I know you do. You put that joke right in the box for the mailman. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can see it. No, but they used to leave them gift cards, money, everything in there, girl. I was like, thank you. Snacky snack. Mm-hmm. But no, that is nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But like now, yeah, we got like, all the way You heard me. Went all yeah. the way left huh? off the subject, child. I I know. Let's get back. <laughs> no, but for real, we all go bang this retreat. And you know what you said? You was in North Carolina, but a lot of people don't like mm-hmm. to throw events where they live, though, because it's like they want to get away too. <laughs> well, to me, it doesn't matter. Like I know we have one in Charlotte. Um. Quisha Janae throws one, the Queen City Book Fair. Um, I actually had a table for that one, too. Um, it was supposed to be May 23rd, but I think uh, this corona thing kind of messed it up, so I think we're moving it back. But that'll be the perfect time for you to come down and get you some gravy and mashed potatoes, girl. Hey, I'm telling you. And what else? What they be cooking down there, girl? A little fried chicken. Because y'all use cast iron most mm. of the time. Man, I'm telling you. Look. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny got a great big um, 10-gallon, is it 10-gallon or 20-gallon, a black pot. So it's a cast iron, but it's a black pot. And then you put it outside and you sit it on top of the flames and he cooked chicken, he cooked fish. See, y'all, y'all ain't playing with y'all, bro. I swear to God. When is y'all throwing a party? Because when it comes on, I need time. y'all to throw a big-ass cookout, man. I bring the chicken wings yeah. and mumbo sauce. <laughs> don't, don't tell us that because we always looking for a reason to throw a party. So. I'm telling you, man, throw a big joke. Look, that's where the author retreat gonna start, and then we are gonna jump on the plane. And... <laughs> right. Well, that's I live by the interstate too. No, dead We can just jump on the interstate and go to the airport. I'm telling you, straight like that. Like we are gonna stop down there for the gravy, and then. <laughs> <laughs> That should have made you cry, man. Y'all use butter, man, but no, for real. All right. So we, I know, of course, we can't even talk about the damn events. I wish. But, you know, for future reference, she is. She do have tables for several ones, and when she get a date for them, you are going to let them know, right, Nikki? Yes, it'll be on my website, arthurnickybrown.com. Um, I'll put everything there. Um, so, yep, any events that we actually get to go to, um, we'll be there. And I was excited for the Ohio one again. Like, I had oh fun at that one, you know? But I don't yeah. even know if we're going to be able to do it. No, seriously, Nikki, did we not tear that motherfucker up? That shit was Yes. Fun. I acted out of character. And, no, uh, you got, uh, no, you And Ro got evidence. Yeah, Ro ass had us on live and shit. Yes. <laughs> No, oh my God, oh my God, I swear to God, Ro Monique, big ass shout out to Ro Monique, man, I swear to God, she another one, coolest shit to hang out with, she hard working, I swear to God, when you look up, it's always a cover out there with Ro Monique's name on it, talking about ready to drop, I swear to God, 
She is <laughs> she is dope. I swear, honestly, like y'all all was hard working, man. Everybody under fucking Casey, y'all motherfuckers was not rocking. Like y'all motherfuckers was not playing. Every was not playing. I used to, I told her that behind, like you know what I mean. Even when I talked to Casey. Like, you know, before all this, man, like, bro, I'm telling you, y'all motherfuckers was putting that work in, and it was being noticed. Like, yeah. bam, bam, like, bam. Like, she drilled in. She drilled. Like, consistency is key. Um, You got to be consistent. Um, Not saying you got to drop two and three books a month. That's not, you know what I mean? Like, consistently putting out good work in a timely manner. Like, she drilled that into us, and, like, I it live worked. by it. Like, it really worked. Like, every time you look up, one of y'all was dropping something. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm talking yeah. about all week y'all was dropping and shit. Like, y'all motherfuckers was not yeah. playing with Big shout out. I swear <laughs> to God, y'all was like the hardest working fucking company. <laughs> no. Every I mean, fucking day, y'all was it. Yeah. Y'all was killing it, definitely. So, um, mm. can you, uh, before we wrap up, can you uh, let them know how to reach you on social media? Yeah, um, Facebook, um, Nikki Brown, my reading group, join my reading group. We we joke around, we play, we talk, we support. Um, Nick, it's Nikki's Haven with a heart emoji. Um, join my company's readers group. It's NBP's Haven with the heart emoji. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Nikki Brown underscore the author. On Twitter, Nikki Brown NBP. Um, and then my website, www.arthurnickybrown.com. I know y'all heard that. Sis had about 100 motherfucking ways for y'all to reach her, so ain't no reason. <laughs> <laughs> for y'all to say y'all cannot find Nikki Brown, okay? I'm already sure a lot of y'all on there, so y'all, the people who ain't, just go ahead and follow the path. I promise you will not be disappointed in none of her books. She did not get to the top by writing bullshit. You hear me? So... <laughs> Y'all know she already lit. Go check her out. Nikki, thank you so much for coming to talk to me. I'm sure you gave a lot of insight, man. And I'm so fucking proud of you for starting your company, man. Like, seriously. Like, when I saw that you had a company, I was like, yes. Like, that shit really made me feel fucking proud. You know what I mean? And happy. Like, let people work in. We got goals. It's time to put this motherfucking work in. Let Nikki be a fucking example to y'all. Hard work. And do diligence, I swear to God, y'all motherfuckers will shoot to the goddamn top, and then y'all be able to help others like Nikki said she likes to do. So, again, thank you so much for joining me today. I would ask you to give me a fuck them books. Fuck them books. <laughs> I love getting people to say that. Yes. <laughs> All right, thank y'all so much for coming to join us today, man. Like, again, the phenomenal Nikki Brown, the beautiful, the innovative, the mother, the wife, the author, the screenwriter, the publisher, the goddamn everything. Come back, join me. Y'all know I got some more segments after this on Fuck Them Books with Ebony Diamonds. Thank you, Nikki. Love you, baby. Thank you. Bitch. Will forever be that bitch. Forever be that bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm the 
hood, Mona Lisa, break a nigga into pieces. Had to ex some cheesy niggas out my circle like a pizza. I'm way too exclusive, I don't shop on Insta boutiques. All them little ass clothes only fit fake booties. Bad bitch, still talking cash shit. Okay, Nikki Brown, thank you so much for talking to me. You one of my favorites. I love you so much. You know, even as like a person, not just an author, and you already know this. Thank you so much for joining me. Love you. And I'm definitely playing this motherfucking savage song for your ass, honey. Because you definitely savage with that motherfucking pen. You savage in motherfucking life. You just a savage. So, yes, come back. After y'all go check Nikki Brown books out right now on Amazon and check her authors out too. She gave major shout outs to her authors. Go check them out. Check Nikki out. Her whole company is fucking fire. They dope. So after that, y'all might as well keep letting this podcast play because I'm coming back for what the fuck Teddy ass did. I'm mad, Teddy. Fuck wrong with you, nigga. We was waiting. See like water, I'm a mother and relaxing. I would never trip on a nigga if I had him. Bitch, that's my trash, you the maid, so you back him. I'm a savage, yeah. Classy, bougie, ratchet, yeah. Sassy, moody, nasty, yeah. Hacking, stupid, what was happening? Bitch, what was happening? Bitch, I'm a savage, yeah. Classy, bougie, ratchet, yeah. Sassy, moody, nasty, yeah. Hacking, stupid, what was happening?
but it wouldn't be the same. Tell me who would be the blame if we was to hurt all over again. Please, hush, no questions asked. Off your shoes, let your pretty yeah. sexy hands out. It's happening now, baby. I'm giving you a piece of my love. Piece of my love, baby. It's waiting for you. Yeah, it's true. Bitch, fix it. 
You got 100 people. You had Peppa Ann right there waiting for the damn thing to come back. I'm just like, come on now. Can we please get this shit popping? Then High Five came on. So, you know, I'm geeked. All you hear is the fucked up ass shit coming back and forth on it. Teddy, god damn it. Damn it, Teddy. We was waiting on this. We were rooting for you, neck ass. Come on, man. And then y'all talking about coming back in 30 minutes. I went the fuck to sleep. Too much gas. I don't know shit. I just was ready to fucking listen to Teddy and Babyface. Babyface was sitting there looking just like the Chuck E. Cheese rat in the suit. But guess what? That nigga was ready. He was professional. He sat there in his studio. He was clean. That nigga had his motherfucking glass. But what old Teddy had? Teddy had a motherfucking whole goddamn band. Teddy motherfucking ass had a mirror, uh, TV and shit behind him. And, and you, know, a, a, you know, a bunch of motherfuckers, this hype man was sitting there doing a Tootsie Roll. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Teddy, god damn it. Damn it, Teddy. Now y'all gonna call Babyface talking about round two of what, nigga? The motherfucking Echo and Jimmy Lee? Didn't nobody want to hear that old bullshit? We wanted to hear the goddamn music. So I had to take my podcast today and play some hits from his time. I might end it with some babyface shit. I don't know. I might have to, though, because when that motherfucking two occasions start playing, boop, that summer love is beautiful, but it's not enough. Hey, y'all, swear to God, I was going to fuck in, y'all. Like, screaming and shit like, yes, too satisfied, emotion, that. Yes, bitches, I'm definitely about to put that on right after this shit. But, yes, I was real mad about that, and I know everybody else was, too, because I understand, Teddy. You wanted to put on the show, and it's so funny because my husband, real, he said... Y'all ungrateful. That man tried to put on something amazing for y'all. Fuck that. Ain't nobody tell Teddy to do all of that. He could have just set his ass right there like everybody else did when we did. Saw these little competitions on live, but nope. Motherfucking Teddy went and got a whole goddamn mariachi band and shit. A whole new motherfucking velour sweatsuit. A new hat. This nigga was not coming to play with y'all. And I appreciate the effort, Teddy. But goddamn it, did you need 16 mics? That's what fucked it up. The 42 mics fucked up the whole goddamn move i just I, geez, oh god this bitch is like an elk oh my bad y'all i'm sitting in the car this bitch came galloping across looking like a baby elk and shit or deal whatever the fuck but anyway yeah so i'm just giving teddy god damn it teddy that is the name of this goddamn whole episode fucking with you teddy so, I'm going to just give you a shout out. You are still the musical motherfucking genius. You are the master. I still don't think you would have beat Babyface, but I swear to God, you right up there with him. Don't let nobody tell him you ain't. Don't let nobody tell him you ain't. And you know what? Let's talk about another music mogul. Um, Puff Daddy, Diddy, or, you know, whatever the fuck he like to call himself again these days and shit. This motherfucker, you know, I wasn't really tripping off the shit with Lizzo. I was like, uh, you know... He, you know, maybe it was a little biased, maybe it wasn't. He claimed it was talking about the curse words and all this other shit. But one mistake, okay, boop. My man came back and said, Kylie Jenner, yes, spread out face, looked like a frog dog before she had all them injections and surgery. Yes, this bitch supposedly inspires black women. Bitch, are you dumb? Inspire us to do what? See how beautiful we are? Yes, because apparently we're so beautiful that these bitches got to fucking go under the knife a hundred times just to look like us. So, yes, I guess flattery, you know what I mean? It's flattering, whatever. But please don't sit here and act like this bitch done influenced us to do a motherfucking thing. What has she influenced us to do? I mean, like, to do what? 
We already have black men, so her fucking black men ain't influencing us, okay? A black man that already left us as single mothers, you know, kind of like how she is. Yeah, we already got that. Is that the influence that you're talking about? Because I thought that's what we was changing in the black community. I could have sworn that's what the fuck we were talking about changing because that's the only thing I can see this bitch doing. Oh, she got a little money and shit. Oh, well, it's easy to get a little money. Okay, when your family come from motherfucking money, everybody don't have the same motherfucking opportunities. So, uh, Diddy, with your motherfucking little head ass, head look like a motherfucking thumbtack, can you please shut every bit of the fuck up and stop playing with us? We are the motherfucking influencers, bitch. We are the motherfuckers that put everything. We are the motherfucking fashion influencers. We influence this motherfucking world. Everything we do is being motherfucking copied. Every motherfucking thing we do. So fuck you, Diddy. Fuck what you talking about, nigga. Ain't nobody listening to you any motherfucking way. Shit. Your motherfucking ass love saying some old stupid shit. And it's just coming out. I mean, you definitely have a type, so I'm not surprised. Okay, that you went for the light of persuasion to give her accolades on some shit that she ain't got nothing to do with. Black women was dope, motherfucker. Long before goddamn Kylie Jenner came out that motherfucking nigga nuts. I'm sorry, oh, out of sis nuts, because that's a girl now, so I guess uh, since Bruce is uh, Caitlyn, I guess he came out of a female nuts, you know, go figure, but whatever, I'm just saying, stop playing with us, nigga, that's all I gotta say, I had another topic, but you know what, I'm gonna leave that, because I know if I start talking, motherfuckers gonna really be, like, really mad, so I'm gonna just leave that shit right where the fuck it's at, you know, I talk my little shit, I just, you know, I don't want to piss nobody the fuck off, even though no fucks is given anyway. But certain things I like to put a little respect on and shit. So I'm going to go ahead and keep my motherfucking comments to myself about it. Who knows, though, next week I might be like, fuck this shit. I'm going to say what the fuck I said and y'all going to take it. And I'm going to be banned and all kinds of ill shit. Speaking of banned, um, some of fat thinking cow pussy ass bitch. Tried to get my motherfucking page suspended or whatever. And motherfuckers know I stay in fucking so you know, I stay in jail and shit. You know what I mean? From social media jail all the fucking time. But you know, it really obsessed me to see people act a whole motherfucking ass and can't take what they give back. Cardi gave back all this money, gave all this money to people and then trying to help people during COVID nineteen. What y'all think happened? Under the motherfucking comments, a bunch of white people, oh, she's trash. A stripper, she's a whore. She's this, this, and that. So I said, damn, why all the white people mad on here? It sounds about white, y'all upset. Just say you hate poor people and get the fuck on. Here they come with their stupid-ass comments, and you know I'm going to fuck back. I keep telling motherfuckers, play. I play for keeps with this shit. Okay? I'm going to say some shit that's going to have you try and find my motherfucking house. And if you do find it, bitch, I'm going to shoot your ass down like a fucking dog. Because I can do it. It's property. Minds, bitch. So anyway, I just don't understand why y'all get so motherfucking mad. If you can sit there and talk your shit and say all that bullshit you want to say, bitch, you better be ready for a bitch like me to come back and snatch your motherfucking soul out your chest with just a few words. I'm going to have you think about me all motherfucking week. I'm going to have you doing what the fuck that bitch was doing the other day, reporting my comments. What you bad now for, leopard pussy? They ain't going to stop nothing. You still got motherfucking stripes and patches and shit all over your pussy, your bald head neck, bitch. I ain't got time. I don't give a fuck. I got time to play with you hoes, but I ain't got time to keep lingering with you hoes. You feel me? Ain't over here. No fucks given. I promise you. That's why I decided to call this particular segment Man Down. Because a lot of y'all bitches is man down. Y'all dead and y'all don't even fucking know it. You hear me? Dead and don't even fucking know it. Walking dead out this motherfucker. That's the sad part. What the fuck are you talking about? 
I see a lot of stupid shit all day on social media, bro. And I try to keep my comments and shit. But I swear to God, it's a lot of dumb shit. Like, another thing I saw um, the other day was the one about child support. Now, you can tell the girlfriends that's bitter and hurt because he had a baby with somebody else before he knew this bitch. Long before he even met this bitch or nothing. If you need child support, you don't need custody. Bitch! What? If he need to wear a condom with your ass, he don't trust you, bitch. How about that? How would you like that logic? That sound dumb, right? That shit sounds stupid as fuck. It sound dumb. Because what I just said was dumb about the condom and what the fuck you said about the child support was just as stupid. I'm telling you. Uh, what makes you think that somebody shouldn't help take care of their child, whether it be male or female? If it's the mother or the father. If you help make that motherfucking baby, then your dingy dick ass or your dingy pussy ass is going to help take care of it. Point blank, period. And the sad part is bitches like that that make the statuses be the fucking girlfriends to some nigga with 10 kids. He done spit his motherfucking nut into every bitch that walked by him that had a shitload of kids. And you mad at the baby mother because they need help. Bitch, sit your ass down. You're going to be the other baby mother. And then it's going to be another bitch just like your daily ass. Coming in her, uh, she, 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 she just went here for child support. Bitch, she work at Burger King anyway. What the fuck is $17 a check? What is that? Man down. Bum, 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 neck ass. Shut the fuck up. Shut her the bit of the fuck up. Y'all swear these niggas really be tweaking over these motherfucking niggas, but when we really just want help for our fucking kids. I get motherfucking $15 in child support, and this motherfucker still be complaining and shit. Fuck are you complaining about? What the fuck was you gonna do with that fifteen dollars, nigga? Buy some deodorant? You stinking bitch! Fuck wrong with y'all hoes. Anybody who find it acceptable to uh, not take care of your kids, then you are a serious piece of shit. You worse than a nigga that's not taking care of his kids. I'm talking about the enabling ass mothers, the nagging ass girlfriends, the bullshit ass niggas that speaking in their dudes is all that shit. They talking to their friends. I wouldn't get that bitch nothing. Why? Because your father ain't give your mother nothing, you dumb, gumpy ass bitch. That's what the fuck it be. But like I said, mama, man down. Like I said, y'all motherfuckers is man down already. So I'm just going to go ahead and say goodnight, diamonds. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I'm always looking for people to leave me messages and shit like that, you know, like, be like, hey, you know, I want to talk about this. Give me some ideas, man. Like, I like this podcast shit. Give me some ideas so I can go on. So, yeah, like, help me out with that. Thank y'all again. I think I am about to play some motherfucking baby face after this. Uh, Yeah, two occasions. I really love that motherfucking song. So, y'all, I'm going to end it with that. God damn it, Teddy, again. Thank y'all for listening. I love y'all. Good night, Diamonds. Come back next week for Fuck Them Books with Ebony Diamonds.
Nothing good.